You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hi, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. And today we're going to address a question that we got from a listener actually on uh, how to navigate through the teenage years. So uh, when we're talking about the teenage years, I'm going to say we're talking middle and lower high school ages, like grades six through nine. And um, teenager is kind of an odd word. It's fairly new, actually. It's first, it was kind of first used in 1941, but before that, uh, that age group of 14 to 17, something like that, was economically considered adults until after the Depression. Yeah, that was surprising to me when yeah. you told me that. Me too, because you think about it, back then, you know, the world was agrarian and they're working on farms and they're getting married early and helping their parents. So after the Depression, when the child labor force dropped, for the first time, that's when most 14 to 17 year olds were in school. Um, so after World War II, then we kind of had this cultural shift to teens but really when you think about it you can tell that we're still sort of confused about that idea because um what makes somebody an adult or even a young adult right in our society um they, we can drive at 15 we can vote and serve in the military at 18 can't drink until you're 21 can't even rent a car till you're 25 so where right. <laughs> in there am i an adult and you know if you have teenagers or kids that age um, they're asking the same question. There's a constant pushback of, well, I can make my own decisions. You know, I can do X, Y, Z. And as a parent, you might be fighting that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I also found um, this concept of adolescence being a new invention really interesting as I was just pondering raising my own two through those years. And um, I just think it'd be helpful just to hear a story about um adolescence and um in the book do hard things uh alex and brett harris um talk about david farragut the u.s navy's first admirable admirable admiral <laughs> he was probably very he admirable probably after you hear this story <laughs> and he became a midshipman on the warship essex at the age of are you ready for it 10 no way <laughs> 10 years old by the age of 12 he was given command of his first ship Age of 12. Uh, what's your 12-year-old doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> Dear listener. <laughs> George, Roblox. Yeah. Roblox. George Washington, the first president of the United States, mastered geometry, trigonometry, and surveying at the age of 12, though folks in his day didn't consider him especially bright. At the age of 16, he was named the official surveyor for Culpeper County, Virginia, and he would go on to earn the equivalent of $100,000 in today's dollars per year for his three-year term. So there's some examples of some very high-performing adolescents wow. in our nation's history. Yeah. So uh, I just like, would like to read this quote from their book. These examples astound us in our day and age, but this is because we view life through an extra social category called adolescence, a category that would have been completely foreign to men and women just 100 years ago. Prior to the late 1800s, there were only three categories of age, childhood, adulthood, and old age. It was only with the coming of the early labor movement and its progressive child labor laws, coupled with new compulsory schooling laws, that a new category called adolescence was invented. 
So I don't want to go back to the days of child labor. No, no, I mean, that would be bad. But I think that we have gotten um, confused and mixed messages about what preteens, teens are capable of. Absolutely. Yes. So talk to me about the adolescent brain. You've done more research on this, Bonnie. A little bit. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I do. But we know one. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we, we'll have her on the show one day. <laughs> yep, heads up. Okay, so the adolescent brain um, is not like an adult brain. And even though your child may be, I mean, they're getting facial hair, they're getting probably taller than you, obviously, at some point during this time, um, we tend they tend to look like adults, but it's not like an adult brain with just fewer miles on it. There's this huge restructuring going on, um, rewiring, and that's why they're reckless and clueless and rude. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not really all their fault. I mean, you can mitigate some of those things. And it's not all hormones, which is what we tend to just blame it all. Oh, yeah, it's hormones. They're going to be testy this morning. But um, actually, they don't have any higher level of hormones than young adults. They just react to them differently because their brains have never seen this before. That's so helpful. Yes. It helps you sort of give a lot of more grace maybe than just, you know, um, reacting. <laughs> you should know what's going on with your body. So um, they can, they have this astounding ability to learn way more than somebody our age or right. even in their 30s and 40s. They can, they're just amassing all this information constantly. And if you think about... Um, what they're learning in high school in those ages is calculus, like all this advanced math and science, and um, they just absorb it very quickly and easily. Um, but their frontal lobe is only 80% developed. Right, which is where they, um, is, that, is that where they assess risk? Yes. That so, kind of thing. Yes, which yeah. is why when your teenage boy starts to drive, your insurance goes through the roof because insurance mm-hmm. companies know this stuff. So they look like young adults, but they're still cooking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get higher conflict, mm-hmm. testing boundaries, mm-hmm. independence, which in George Washington's day, you got more independence. You did. You were allowed to go and be admiral of a ship, apparently. Yes, yes. Um, even with the decreased ability to think about consequences, I guess the death rate would would be higher for you know kids mm-hmm. putting themselves in those dangerous job situations like ship captains right. and factory workers and all of that heavy machinery and all the yeah. things they had to do with their little fingers yes I thought this was interesting they have a decreased ability to think outside themselves right and I mean hang out with some teenagers and <laughs> listen to their conversations <laughs> in the back of the car when you're carpooling them everywhere and you kind of know that it's really all about me 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 yeah and they but there's a reason it's just because they're so focused on rewiring not even they don't even know they're doing it um that really they can't think about outside themselves very much. They can't, they don't think about consequences. So, um, as a parent, you find yourself repeating constantly, like, (laughs) haven't I learned, you know, didn't we go through this process before? (laughs) Haven't you learned this lesson? Why aren't you learning from your mistakes? Why aren't you? It's because they need constant repetition of this. They're not making the connections as quickly, just like a toddler. I always say two to three year olds is about the same as 13 and 14. And I'm sorry, moms of toddlers. Do you think you got over that? <laughs> You're going to have it again in a different way. Just in terms of conflict, it's, it's high conflict. Yes. Season of life. Yes. So, and it should be developmentally. It should be. Right. Right. So I, I'm thinking though, like the, they need constant reminders, but, um, the, well, I think we'll talk about this later. 
it's not actually helpful, I think, if you're as a parent constantly reminding them. Like you can ask leading questions and help them remind themselves. Yes. You know, instead of like, I told you, I told you this, I told you that. Um, and and we can explore that Maybe more I later. said reminders. Really what I mean is repetition. Yes. Repetition yes. of um, concepts and mm. moral you know, walking through moral things, walking through, you know, what does lying do? Why, why do I not want you to lie? It's because it's breaking trust. Remember we talked about that, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. or having them walk through it. They're just not making the connections as quickly. And they don't learn readily from their mistakes, which is scary because the mistakes are higher. They're not yeah. um, banging their head on the coffee table right. when they make a mistake and they trip and fall They're, They're, yeah, they have access to, um, you know, alcohol and drugs and social media that mm-hmm. can plunge you into the depths of anxiety and depression. Right. They are operating vehicles and right. And who are they listening to most at this age? Right, their peers. Their peers yeah. who are doing the same things, also lo- not learning from their mistakes. You know, yeah. Hey, this sounds like a good idea, and they all follow <laughs> behind light lemmings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was interesting. The urge for dopamine and excitement is is heightened they have higher risk taking but not higher judgment yet right which okay so behind the wheel of a car that's terrifying right like you were saying right going out with your girlfriend things could end up not the way you planned right it's just you have to talk about all this stuff with Mm -hmm. them and don't assume that they're going to get it the first time yeah and pray I never prayed so much as when Mm. they got their driver's licenses and especially when they were in the car together I was the only two children I will ever have or in the car together, you know, please keep them safe, help them make good decisions. Right. And they're yeah. also, along with that, they're, they've done so many driving tests and, um, that's why distracted driving for teenagers is so much worse because they don't make these connections as quickly. Um, ah. and they do these courses where you drive around the cones and all you got to do is get a phone call and you're, you're going to, you're hitting the cone. Um, this is, I wasn't planning to say this, but this is a great um, resource, and I'm sure it's not the only one, but Ford does a touring kind of class that goes around the country called Ford Driving Skills for Life. You can Google that, and it's free. You go and sign up for the afternoon. They have professional course drivers, people who've like done stunts and movies and stuff, and they'll put your kid behind the wheel of a car and do this exact thing, which is a great hands-on concrete thing for them to see. Okay, then when the music's louder and the kids are in the back and all this stuff's going on, yeah, I'm hitting the cones. Mm -hmm. I can't do what I think Mm -hmm. I'm capable of doing in those situations. And it's great. It was great. You you told me about it. Did my kids want to do it? Were they grateful that you told me about this (laughs) class? No, they were not grateful, but I made them do it anyway. So yeah, it was a, it was a great, it was a great course. Anything you can do to help their Mm -hmm. driving skills. Why would, you know, and it, it helps your insurance. Yeah. Cost Bonus. go down a little bit too. Bonus. So, okay. You get that your kid's changing. You see the physical changes. Now you know a little bit more about what's going on inside their minds and their bodies, but your role as a parent changes too during mm-hmm. the, or it should. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go so well if you don't actually change. Right. And I think when we get through, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, right around in there, things are generally pretty smooth. Yeah. Oh, you're rolling along. Life was good. Yeah, you're not really, it's not a really high conflict. Of course, you're dealing with some things, but it's not a high conflict um, time of parenting. 
So it's easy to stay right where you're at. It's way easy to keep doing things the way that you've been doing them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was guilty of that. I've talked to that to my kids about that, um, how sometimes I just didn't give them the freedoms they'd actually earned mm-hmm. just because it was easy. Life was rolling along. And, you know, I've gone back and apologized. See our episode on forgiveness <laughs> <laughs> or things you need to see in your marriage. I think that's when we mentioned it. Um, so, yeah, it, you your role has to change. And it's especially if you've laid the groundwork in the early years, then um, it's tempting not to do that. So what does that look like then? Yeah. So um, you change from telling your children what to do to asking them questions Mm. this was hard to wrap my brain around at first questions I would put if that's hard for you write that on a little three by five card (laughs) the word questions (laughs) highlight it in purple put it on your fridge yeah because this will give you information you've already laid you've laid the groundwork you know in the early years so it was so tempting for me to say hey you know you need to do your laundry today because I've seen the basket (laughs) overflowing and instead of just turning that around and saying so what's on your agenda today what are you going to do? And listening for what's going through their mind. And then if they don't mention that, I can say, hey, when are you planning on doing the laundry? Mm-hmm. And when we can talk about it. But more than just chores and things, it it's uh, on moral right. issues as well. Right. So they're going to start being with their friends more. It's more and more important the older they get. Less time with you, more time with their peers. Um, they're trying to figure out in this period of life, who am I apart from my parents? Do I believe the same things they believe? Um, am I going to adopt my family's values or come up with some of my own that I'm finding out there in the world? So questions in those kind of areas um, look like, well, there's a party this weekend. Big sleepover party. Can I go? <laughs> <laughs> and instead of an immediate, you know, thing you might have done when they were in fourth grade, well, I don't know, let me talk to so-and-so's mom and and we'll see who's going to be there and all that stuff. I would kind of turn it around to them. I don't know, can you? Mm. You tell me why Mm -hmm. you should. You tell me why you shouldn't. You know all the things I'm going to ask you. You know what I want to know. So you tell me. And if they've been trustworthy up to that point, which is a key point. Right, right. um, And you're going to trust what they tell you, then you kind of let them make that decision. Mm -hmm. Can you go? Do you think? all things considered, that's a good place for you to be. Um, What are you going to do when Mm -hmm. and if something gets out of control? How are you going to get out of the situation? Um, You've got to walk through all those things. Yeah. And so um, once you ask them that, you can, you can trust, but verify. So you're not, you're not um, violating their trust by also calling that mom like you would have in fourth grade Mm -hmm. to, um, to see, okay, yeah, actually, what what is happening? Or, um, you know, check in Life 360 to be sure they're actually mm-hmm. where they said they're going to be. Um, not so you can do, say the gotcha moment. Right. It's so that you can um, help them move into making good decisions and owning those decisions. And it, and it, when, you, when you see that they're actually doing what they said, well, that's just a joy too. Exactly. <laughs> and that inc- actually increases the trust between the two of you because yeah. there are times that I would do that. Um, with each of mine and tell them that Mm -hmm. I did when they came home, Mm -hmm. tell them, you know what? I, like, I trusted you to do what you said you were going to do, but I verified it and you never know when mom's going to verify and awesome. 
Yeah. I Great trust job. You, you yes. were truthful. You were honest. You were where you said you were going to be. It makes me feel like I can do more for you the next time you ask. Mm-hmm. The next time, you know, it'll be a lot easier for you to go somewhere. And they got that. They picked up on that pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, a, it's a mantra in our house. Whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. Mm-hmm. Whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. So it's in your hands. Yeah. Beloved it, child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. And they really wanted to... Um, earn those freedoms, earn that trust. They want to be a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. Were they always? No. No, of course not. They're teenagers. Right. They're going to do stupid things. They're going to make stupid decisions. That's part of the brain. That's just part of the time. I'm just, did you ever do anything stupid when you were a teenager? Guessing you probably did. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do it too. You're just praying that it's not a life-changing stupid decision. Holding your breath for that, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking of an example. I'll be very general, so you won't know which <laughs> child it was. Um, we saw when they uh, arrived home on the app that we had, and we knew it was later than um, it should have been. Which our kids did not have a curfew. We we did um, generally just say, "What's the activity requiring you to be out? You know, how long do you have to be out?" Mm-hmm. based on what you're doing and until they violated you right. know, that trust. So um, we saw, hmm, this was not as it should have been. So the next morning we asked the child and they um, immediately admitted it. It was like they were relieved mm-hmm. to get caught. Sort of like um, when they're little, you know, and they, we talked about them wanting to clear their conscience. So um, it's not always that they... They're sneaking and they want their sin to stay hidden. You know, they want to get it off their chest. So we were able to, you know, walk through that with that child and say, you know, "Mm, you violated a trust. We're going to pull in some freedoms, but we're so grateful that you told us the truth. Like we want you to have freedom. Mm -hmm. We want the best for you. And this is not the best for you. You're, You're tempting yourself to greater sin by doing things like that. So yeah, let's talk about that. Like trust and freedoms. Um, is everything a right for a teenager? Absolutely not. Everything's not a right for your (laughs) two year old either, nor is it everything a right for you for that matter. Yes. Um, just because they turn 16 or 15 doesn't mean the car appears in the driveway and they get the car keys, you know, just because, um, they are of a certain age and everybody else has one doesn't mean they get the cell phone right they have to earn those things with trustworthy actions and they have to prove that um they're going to be reliable when they're with a friend in their car you know Mm -hmm. um before they get to have a car they have to prove that they are trustworthy with what they're looking at or doing on their computer in your home before they're going to get a mini computer they can carry around at all times with them um just because it's an age doesn't mean they're morally ready for it and it's going to be different for each child that's really important just because there's a certain age in society that says you have permission to do this does not mean your child is morally ready for it so just because all the other fourth graders have cell phones does not mean your child should have a cell phone in fourth grade as a matter of fact I don't think almost anyone should have a cell phone in fourth grade. <laughs> it's a hard, but yeah, it's, it's a, a that's a hard one. Decision. But, um, and, and even like in the homeschool community, I don't know why this is. And maybe it is in the bigger, wider world. The driving thing is very delayed. A hmm. lot of parents are, um, are like, you know what? You're not 
morally, physically ready to be handling a 2,000 pound vehicle out on the road. You can get your permit, but I'm going to be riding with you for longer than the law says. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at different states, it's even different from state to state. That's right. So my husband grew up in New York. I think they couldn't even get their permit till 16 and their license at 17. And I thought that was like communist depression when I heard that. (laughs) Well, when you're in a more rural area, you can't go, you can't get to anything. You can't walk to anything. You don't have public transportation. You know, you're more apt to need to drive, I guess, somewhere, but. Yeah. And so even, and then when you've given those privileges, they're not permanent. Mm -mm. They come and go just based on how they can handle them. They're showing you what they can handle. Right. Which is a great, um, that goes back to how you're changing as a parent from, um, elementary years to teenage years. So in the younger years, you kind of had this narrow road that they're following. They're staying within the boundaries of this narrow road you've set up, um, doing pretty well, we hope. And then when you get to your teenage years, you're more like, um, instead of being the policeman, I use this analogy, Mm -hmm. um, directing the traffic, you are now more like the construction crew guy moving the orange cones on the road. So yes, you're going to be, you're, you slip into your role of policeman every now and then when they mess up. But for the most part, you're more like the guardrail and, um, based on how they're driving, based on their skill level and their moral maturity, you're moving those cones out and seeing what they do when the road gets a little bit wider and are they handling two lanes or four lanes, the freedom of that versus the one narrow lane. If they're not, then you just move the cones back in. And like you said, the car may not be every weekend okay well last weekend didn't go so well so Mm -hmm. how are we going to change things make it different so you can handle that again because your ultimate goal is to make yourself obsolete right yeah you yeah you do please come visit (laughs) even though I'm obsolete (laughs) I mean you want you you do you want them self-governing yes you do and um and this does not go well um we have friends who shall remain unnamed who kind of stuck with the rigid more narrow um, path, which that's not American parenting. That was the way you and I parented. American parenting is like wide, wide freedoms Mm -hmm. when they're young. You know, they get access to every room of the house and, you know, free range parenting and all that. That's much more common. And then when you get to the teenage years, you freak out Mm -hmm. and you're constantly monitoring them. What we're advocating is lots of clear boundaries in the early years. And you're slowly letting that out as time goes on until you're, like you said, moving the traffic cones. If you are legalistic in your parenting when they're teens, if you, if you don't give them the freedoms that they've actually earned, they're going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. They're going to sneak. They're going to have anger toward you. And they're, um, they're going to rebel against the very values and morals that you're actually wanting them to internalize. Right. So, so you got to do it. You've, you've got you've to gotta move the cones, as you say, and give them some more freedom and see how they do. Yes. So a lot of times, that's, that's one of two reactions is, oh my goodness, everything's going haywire, clamp down, and now we're living in the gulag, right? Right. The <laughs> other extreme is everything's gone haywire, I don't even know what to do, I give up. Oh, that's right. This You're is, right. Let's just make it through till they're 18, and then it's not my problem anymore, mm-hmm. which is... You're the cool parent, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes the it's fun. from laziness and sometimes it's from this prideful place of you want to be the cool parent. Yeah, where anything goes. Right. And that is not a gift to your child. Right. That's not loving them well. That's not good for their health and safety. Um, that's a really bad, bad choice. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. I'd forgotten about that. I think you said in one of our last podcasts, the example of a 
teenage girl telling your daughter, I wish my parents cared mm-hmm. about where I was this weekend. Mm-hmm. I wish my parents cared about what I wore, yeah. who I hung out with. And they'll push back and say and scream at you and yell at you and say all the, all the terrible mm-hmm. things and how you're the meanest and everyone else's mom does whatever. But in the end, when they get out of your home and see the fallout of that kind of relationship with mom and dad, they come back to you and say, thank you so much for being there and standing your ground and loving me the way that you did, even though at the time I really didn't love it. Mm -hmm. And we'll all have, you know, we're human. Sometimes our boundaries are too narrow. Sometimes they're a little too wide, but if you do have this foundation of trust and love and respect as your child moves into adulthood, they'll forgive you that. Yeah. They'll, you know, you can look back and go, yeah, you know, I really shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Cause that was a little too strict. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to mess up. Yeah. You've never and, done and, this before. Right? And they'll, yeah, they'll let you, they'll let you off the hook. They'll forgive you. It's just, um, you know, that's why, you know, you're constantly praying for wisdom and discernment and like, let me help me know this child, what's best for this child. Cause right. one size does not fit all. So going back to the beginning of this podcast, you were talking about the do hard things book, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, so what can, maybe our kids are not going to go pilot a ship or whatever. Although I do know some teenagers who have their pilot's license. Yes. And, um, sailed like, uh, you know, yes. I don't know if all the way around the world, but sailed vast distances, yeah. you know, on their own sailboat and things There's like that. Crazy stuff. things that they can do. Yeah. So if you're not willing to go quite that far, then what are some things that you can allow your teenager to try? Well, I mean, I have a, I have a friend um, whose child is creating this uh, YouTube channel for um, this hobby that he has. And he, his parents are helping him, you know, set up the lights and make the videos and get it published out onto YouTube, which as you and I know, wow. is not easy. No, it's not. <laughs> There's a lot of steps there. So, um, and he's only, I think he's 11, maybe 12, mm-hmm. and, um, and starting this project. Um, I mean, I've seen kids take on all kinds of, not just part-time jobs and work, but um, entrepreneurial. Yes. Okay. Let's just pause. Can we? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing the thunder. Can you thunder. hear the thunder? <laughs> but Is that a really important point? That's from the Lord. So perfect that it's for this episode with conflict with teenagers. So. Oh, goodness. Love that. Yeah. So it, we do have tornado warnings. So yeah. if we flee from the room, we'll try to edit that out. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I mean, you're, I mean, Savannah did a really hard thing with a friend in high school. They did this big fundraising oh, they project. Did a fundraiser for, tell, tell about um, that. Yeah, they were at a youth retreat that was asking them basically what, it was Brad Montague, Montague which I love, um, what are you not okay with in the world? So th- that's a great conversation to mm. have with your teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and what can you do about it? And so they thought about, well, at the time, around 18,000 kids uh, we're dying of hunger year. So they decided, well, what if we just raised $18,000 for, um, that cause? And that would just be asking 18,000 people for a dollar. How hard can that be? So that set them on this course of a year of fundraising and all kinds of creative things with their schools and, um, in the community. And they, they did it, they raised it and they got a trip to Africa at the end to present that to, um, the name of house place they were raising money for and Arkansas for heifer international. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. I remember watching that. They were happen. seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, those kinds of things. Um, my nephew, he 
um, his dad's an entrepreneur, has his own business, and he wanted to work a part-time job in high school. And so he and some buddies um, created um, Three Odd Guys. There's three of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they his dad helped them set up this small business and they did odd jobs for people. A lot of yard work, some repair work, things like that. That really, when he went to college, he ran it. Yeah. He wrote remotely from college. I was so impressed with that. And, and so, yeah, there's all kinds of things that teenagers are totally capable of doing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, but asking those questions. The, um, the YouTube channel reminded me of my, one of my best friends, her child is this computer whiz and he can take apart a computer, put it back together, has taught himself code, all this stuff. Now that's what he's going to college in. But in high school, um, realized in the cafeteria at bus with the bus pickup, it was chaos and it was driving him crazy. And the name call, it was just, uh, they called the name, they had a system of lights and bells and whatever, and it was chaos. So he devised a whole computerized system for the dismissal and pickup and the bus schedule of um, his entire school. And they implemented it there and it worked (laughs) seamlessly. So yeah, like he's been picked up um, picked up that skill and used it in many other uh, applications since then. So shoot, they know, yeah. they know technology yeah. way more than we do and they can do way more stuff. Tutoring and teaching in classes at church or, um, yeah, I mean, my, my daughter loved to dance and she took dance, but then she eventually got permission to teach dance at her studio. Mm-hmm. And that was a great, wow, <laughs> that was a great life lesson for her. She, actually kind of thought, Oh, I want to be a dance teacher one day. I want to own a studio. And she learned through that experience. I absolutely do not Hmm. want to own a studio. What, what a great life lesson. She didn't go off to college thinking, Hey, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. Right. She got that information early on. So yeah, there's lots of, lots of things that teenagers can do that we just need to give them, maybe be asking the right questions. Yeah. Give, give them food for thought. What are you interested in? Yeah. Sometimes they think they can't too. Um, and it, you as parents should be their biggest fan and cheerleader telling them, Hey, this is what I see mm-hmm. in you. Or so-and-so mentioned this about you. What do you think about that? What do you think about mm, maybe trying a, a field or, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause sometimes they doubt themselves. It's, it's really easy at that age to compare. Well, so-and-so is good at math and I can't do anything in math. What, well, what are you good at? Let's, let's mm-hmm. talk about that and investigate it. And it's a, I mean, honestly, sometimes we just like our lives rolling along like we, like they are like, I'm sure with, savannah's big huge project did that take some of your own personal time oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this now became part of your life as well right so don't let the the you know selfishness side of your time because you do have more time as they get older yes you know um finish well go to you know go to the finish line knowing right. you know what yeah it's going to take some time right and i would i would say too um you do have more time in the fact that they are not as home as much, right? Right. Um, they're not with you as much, but they sure do still need your presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you might think they're so independent and so busy and doing all their things that, you know, you're becoming sort of more part of the furniture or whatever, but they really do still need mom and dad's hug and mom and dad's presence and your interest in their life and attending their events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. All right, let's talk about the care and feeding of teens. Okay. Um, have you noticed, moms of preteens and teens, that your child sleeps more? 
<laughs> they need more sleep. This is part of that brain restructuring. Mm -hmm. That's the time that all that happens. Um, and it's like a memory and learning consolidation time. So what is it like 10 hours? It's a lot Nine of hours. To 10 hours it's more a than lot think. of hours. And, and I had a kid who did not need that amount of sleep for most, even in the toddler years, um, he didn't need that amount of sleep. And I saw him needing it in the teen years. I think part of the conflict between teens and parents during these years is, um, partly because not, not totally because we we talked about brain development and mm -hmm. all that sleep deprivation. Yeah. They're, they're consistently not getting enough sleep. Right. And remember how you felt? Remember. With a newborn? <laughs> Listen, the greatest thing about the thought of having a granddaughter in June is that I still get to sleep <laughs> through the night. <laughs> I just hand her right back and <laughs> go home and sleep. It's, I mean, it's torture. Yeah. It literally it's is torture. literally is torture. That's how they yes. torture soldiers in yes. the military. Yes. So, yeah, your child who's sleep de deprived because um, their circadian rhythm changes as teens and so mm -hmm. their brains are more active at night they're up later right when you're getting tired right when yes. you're ready to go to bed they're pumped they're ready to go yes and then they want to sleep later in the morning and that's just with school schedules usually that's not possible mm -hmm. that was my theory uh, when I was you know I was raising two children who were homeschooled and then I began tutoring um, at uh, a tutorial where I was around, you know, 150 homeschooled children, many of whom were teenagers. I think they were so agreeable, but they were really getting a, the amount of sleep they needed. Probably five, six days a week, they were getting the sleep they needed. And I thought, you know, I really think this sleep deprivation thing is more important than we think. Yeah. In the life of a child. It I don't, is. I don't have great answers for if you've got to be somewhere at a certain time. You can't, I mean, what are you going to stick your kid in bed at nine and say, fall asleep? You can't. Right. They <laughs> can't won't. They it. can't fall asleep. <laughs> yes. Um, but think about uh, there's kids in high schools all over the nation falling asleep in first period. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're driving to school. So <laughs> go yeah. back to that conversation. How safe is that? Yeah. Um, so if at least on the weekend give them that time yes. don't be the parent who's like it's you know it's noon get out of bed you're wasting the day um they really do need that time mm -hmm. to recoup and try to make up what they can yeah I, I i agree i mean i i'm an early riser i have very little sympathy for uh, people yeah, who sleep I, late. I had to learn this um i had to learn that you know what if they need to sleep till nine ten they, they never had to sleep past nine or ten they were because they could just kind of set their own schedule mm. in high school. Um, that's one of those freedoms. Mm -hmm. Like you're an entrepreneur. You you have work you must do and your free time is up to you. Right. You want to drag it all out, you know, drag out your schoolwork. If you're still doing school at six o'clock at night. Yep. That's on you, I'm buddy. I'm sorry that you made that choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they were also very much in charge of their sleep. And I decided, especially with my second child, because you learn with your first mm. to um, to generally let them be in charge of their sleep schedule yeah because they needed it yes well there's things you can do too you don't you don't need to say sure it's fine to be up till 3 a.m mm -mm. playing xbox no 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 you can set some limits phone in the kitchen that was always a rule you're not having your phone in your room right you, you can lay in bed and read you can listen to music you know if you can't go to sleep i get it yeah it's you know my husband has a hard time falling asleep but my son had a hard time falling asleep but you could chill yeah and you can set you yourself up yeah uh, we, dr harrison our um pediatrician talks about sleep hygiene mm. 
mm-hmm. and like not having lights on, you right. know, at bedtime screens that are bright and that kind of thing. So yeah, you can set your kid up for success Yeah, in that area. Um, okay. so yeah, and their brains need good food and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep the junk. This is good for us too. keep the junk out of your house, you know, just generally offer things that are going to give them the vitamins and minerals they need. Yeah. I mean, by teenage years, my kids, they knew about the food wheel. Mm -hmm. used to be a food pyramid, whatever it is now. Like, (laughs) I was like, here's how you make good choices for a healthy meal. Mm -hmm. So by the time they were teens, they both knew. You know, you can feed yourself. So, I mean, that goes back to the sleep thing, too. You're not going to sleep well if your digestion is cruddy and you've had 14 Cokes all day long. (laughs) Right. It just kind (laughs) of doesn't work well together. So um, give them good things to eat. and, And for boys... This is going to crush your food budget, but you know, when they're 14, 15, 16 year old boys, they're pretty much going to eat you out of house and home. So yes, they're <laughs> always hungry. Build that into your savings account now. <laughs> I tutor a couple of young men. They're like, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. And, uh, you know, just at the kitchen table, I'm like, Hey, do you want some cookies or do you want to, you know, you want a snack? You want to, they said, Oh we're always hungry. Yeah. Like all day long, we're always hungry. It never stops. And you just kind of forget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so feed them, feed them well. Yes. Um, don't be shocked when they do something stupid because they 100% will. And they're probably going to say, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Mm-hmm. They probably really don't know why. Um, so when that happens, just talk calmly about it. Try not to freak out. Um, your job at this stage is to listen rather than lecture with those questions. Leading questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had you considered this? <laughs> How about this? Right. What do you think about this? What do you think next time mm-hmm. could happen differently or options like that? Yeah. Be, ama- be available emotionally and physically. Like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, communicate with them, try to relate to them. Don't belittle their experiences don't embarrass them so I started asking permission can I post this picture yeah of you and me oh that's so good yeah because uh, I I think I've said before I accidentally posted a picture of Emma barefoot at her graduation I mean it was over oh, she slipped right. her shoes off she had heels on I didn't think anything about it she's like oh that's the most homeschool picture right it's why still- did you post that I'm like you look so cute what are you talking about but it wasn't it wasn't respecting her right and it's stuff that you autonomy. wouldn't think yeah. about no No. And, um, as we've said, trust, but verify, talk about the hard topics, Mm, please. Do we let, I mean, we know you all out there love talking about sex with your children. (laughs) It's the favorite. It's a, it's great. So we know you won't have any trouble with that, but you got to be open about it, but do it straight up. And I will caution. I think as Christian parents, we tend to land hard because of fear on the side of don't do don't have sex. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do anything. Stay as far away from it as you possibly can because it's so bad. It's bad, bad, bad. All the consequences are bad. You're going to get STDs and you're going to be pregnant <laughs> and all the things, right? All of those things could happen, less legitimate. But don't forget, I think that's kind of the backwards way of talking about sex totally with Totally out of proportion. Um, yes. Sex is great. It's a gift. We're all meant to do it. Um, but it's got a context. So if you talk about it more in that, sort of situation then it's not this titillating temptation of ooh, yeah, of course I want to try that because it's the thing that mom and dad you know can't even talk about 
Um, yes, I've been listening to some podcasts of women, I don't know, in their 30s who were kind of raised in that um, purity culture in the 90s yeah. and early 2000s especially. And they were like, it was bad. It, it mentally, yeah, made us feel like sex was so forbidden that when we finally married and were ready to have sex, it we had this like mental block. Yeah about it why is it now all of a sudden okay yeah and if it's not great immediately wait a second I thought just waiting was going to make it all great Uh instead of knowing you know what yeah it's a great gift and and yet there's all these roadblocks that can um make you not you know experience sex to the fullest and let's talk about that and Mm. let's you know explore and learn and grow together yeah it's just yeah it was like there was some magical reward for just not doing it right and it's so much more than that. It's it's because it's so precious that you want to not just throw it around. Yeah. And you are so much more precious. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a key thing as teenagers too is that, gosh, they're getting so beat down mm-hmm. with, with bullying and social media and all the stuff. They're beat down so much that you want to emphasize who they really are. Mm-hmm. What a gift and a masterpiece mm-hmm. they are. And you're so talented with so much potential and so much value. That's why you want to um, maintain your purity and, you know, reach your potential. Yes. Yes. I mean, being well loved, uh, there's almost no substitute for that. You know, loving your children well, um, that covers a multitude of sins, mm-hmm. mistakes you make. Um, it empowers them to to have moral courage, to have um, fortitude in the face yeah. of temptations. To not settle um, for less in yeah. dating and all the things. Yeah. So, so yeah, loving loving them well, words of affirmation, physical touch, even. I used to hate it. Yeah. My dad, <laughs> my dad, I would sit on the sofa in the den. I'd be watching TV. My dad would come home from work, and he would rub his hand through my hair. And this was the 80s. Do you know how hard it was? All that hairspray. For me to get my hair <laughs> in the position it was in. <laughs> but he was still touching me and mm-hmm. and affirming me, not with big hugs at that stage of life, but just still saying, you know, I love you. Yeah. And even though I acted like I didn't like it, I really actually did. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, being well-loved covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. Um, so also talk about all the drugs, alcohol. They're going to mm-hmm. see it. It's out there. Don't pretend that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pot is going to affect your teenager's brain because it's developing. They yeah. might think, oh, it's cool. And, and you know, adults do it too. And it's legal. Um, but I just was reading something last week that um, your odds of when you do that at this age of horrible things, schizophrenia and psychosis and, and all this stuff goes up like by two times oh um, if you're doing that at this age. So, you know, they think they're invincible, but just mention, mention stuff like that. Mention it when something bad happens and it will with one of their peers mm-hmm. talk about it, mm-hmm. the car wreck and the, the pregnancy and the talk about all the things. Don't be afraid to um, face reality, I guess with your kid, they're facing it every day. And if mom and dad are afraid of it, they're going to talk to somebody about it. It mm-hmm. needs to be you. Mm-hmm. We had, um, a friend who their family was just in the throes of an, of an alcoholic father. And, um, I mean, we were close enough friends that it affected our family too. So my husband would get called away when he would come home drunk. Well, we just used that, um, 
as a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. We said, you know, when we say it, it's not wise to just abuse alcohol, it's not some arbitrary rule. Do you see the pain that this family is going through? Their daughter, who has now been put in physical danger with her father driving drunk, with her in the back seat, who's now um, been put in emotional danger by, by the trauma of seeing her dad in that state, um, and his own health and the mm-hmm. pain it causes his wife. So, you know, this, this sin is, it's, has so many ripple effects. And it's not just don't drink alcohol because alcohol is bad. No, you know, model responsible drinking if you do drink in your home. Um, I, we read a statistic that said, you know, parents who had drunk responsibly within the home, their kids were way less inclined to even go experiment. Um, and so you just need to, to use that with wisdom. You know, if you have alcoholism in your family, tread, tread lightly. Yeah, right. Tread lightly. It's the gun is loaded and environment mm-hmm. fires it. So yeah, be careful there. Um, let's see what else. Uh, well, when they ask you to go somewhere to do something, um, before you freak out, just wait a minute. Um, teenagers are fickle. They're always waiting for something better to come along. Mm. Um, so before you go off on, well, we can't do this and we can't do that. Um, just wait. Cause probably 80% of the time I found the plans are going to fall apart anyway. That is so true. I had forgotten that. So let it but play yes. out. <laughs> Things do change. I'm like, can we even have a birthday party here? I don't know if half those people are even going to come. Yeah. <laughs> even though they said they were Yeah, real fickle. <laughs> so yeah, just try to be chill. Um, that's a good rule of thumb all the way through all the way through yeah. yeah but but especially with teenagers you're right um plans do change you know there, there are varying levels of freedoms that yeah. you know and ability to do things that they're wanting to do mm-hmm. so yeah sometimes it doesn't pan out you're yeah. right so talk about friends Renee well okay here's the deal um we always told our kids we didn't expect every friend they had to be like this beautiful godly child headed for sainthood in the church you know thank goodness we 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 didn't say that we did say that um we thought it wise that their very best friend should be someone who helps them be a better person who contributes to their character just as they contribute to their friend's character Mm -hmm. they're kind of helping each other iron sharpens iron kind of a thing but we also said you know god will bring people into your life who are struggling and you know, as your parents and you're still maturing and developing, we, we think it's not wise for you to have a group of friends like that. But if God is bringing a person or two into your life mm-hmm. like that, then let's talk about that and let's see how you can, um, bless them Yeah, through your friendship. So who you hang around. Yeah, it's really important. It's the most important. I think, it's I think our really youth minister important. is so awesome. And he would say that you are who you hang around. That's true. I don't care what your age is. Yeah, it's true for, yeah. That's why I hang around you, Bonnie. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're so cool. Same. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it really is true. You, you, you take on the, the values, the behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, the life rhythms of people around you. Right. So be careful. It's such a tricky thing to navigate um when your child is in high school and they're they're going to hang out with them at school mm-hmm. if you're not homeschooling mm-hmm. um they've got a whole different pair group at school maybe than the one at church um and they're having to be different people depending on who they're with that's that's an interesting conversation to have mm-hmm. like you are who you are really when no one else is around you know when no one else is watching what you're doing mm. um so 
you need to talk through that with your kids too when they're more and more of their time is spent not with you. We saw um, with both of our kids different seasons of life. Um, there were just some friends who brought out the worst in them. I mean, I had a friend like that. I did the naughtiest things whenever <laughs> I was with her, even like first grade, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she was such fun and their family was a wonderful family. But our personalities together was just a bad combination mm -hmm. at that stage of life. So we did limit for each of our children at different seasons of life um, contact with a friend we felt like, you just can't handle that right now. And we're not saying they're terrible and you're terrible. We're just saying, like, there's some more maturity that needs to happen here till you get extra time with them. And you know what? It worked out. They got a little more maturity under their belt. And sure enough, oh, yeah, you can hang out with them. No problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make a judgment call or help them make a judgment call. You know, what? ask them those leading questions. What are you getting when you hang out with them? What do, you know, what is, what joy do you get? Why do you think they bring out the best in you? Why or why not? They can sometimes get there themselves. And let me just tell you, asking these questions, I'm hearing you ask them to me. And <laughs> are, is your teenager going to sit there lovingly and answer every question, you know, like a, a <laughs> with a gracious, um, super insightful answer? No, they're not going to. I don't know. I don't know. Mom, golly. <laughs> stop with the questions. It's going to be sometimes like pulling teeth, but don't stop asking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can just say, okay, well, let's let's think about that. Let's revisit that after you've had some time to think about it. You obviously need some time to think about that. Mm -hmm. and, and revisit it. And, you know. But don't stop talking and don't give up. No, keep don't give having, up. Keep on asking. Keep on swimming, like you said with Nemo, right? right. Keep on swimming. Just, just keep, keep swimming. swimming. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so talk about technology, Bonnie. Well, um, we've talked about this a lot before, but um, there's a big debate on how much privacy teens have a right to. Mm -hmm. And like we just talked about before, um, in my opinion, um, they have rights when they earn those rights. It's not just that they have a phone and now it's my phone and I've locked it and you don't get any access to anything. Um, yeah, because they're going to go to college and have access to it all. Right. You know they are. You know they are. So while they're here under your influence, um, under your influence, but not your thumb, that's a good way to say it, um, you need to just kind of spot check. Mm -hmm. And they need to know that you're going to do that. Did you like doing that? I hated it. I hated I it too. I had the worst feeling in the pit of my stomach when I would take that phone and start to read the text messages. <gasps> yeah. It and then when you find stuff, and you will. Oh, yeah. You will. Because they're going to make mistakes. Remember, they they don't understand consequences. You got to address it. Right. You got to address it. And I didn't want to do that either. No. <laughs> like, you, you know, as a kid, I remember thinking, oh, my parents love to catch me. Like, they have all the power, and they love to catch me. No, we don't love it. No. It we just makes <laughs> our heart sick. And, oh, that horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach. It just makes your heart sick. So, um, there were multiple occasions where, um, the teenage years m made me probably the most humble and, uh, really understanding of, of the word grace, because there were multiple occasions that I had to contact other parents. Some of them I didn't even know, mm. never met them, um, because that's what I would have wanted. So I would be the one. I stuff my pride and stuff my um, expectations mm -hmm. and vision of our family um, 
for the good of that kid. Like I knew that somebody else's child had driven home drunk on the high, on the interstate and had no memory of it at all. Mm. I knew that. Um, if it's a health and safety issue, we would always tell our kids, you know, if you are not going to go to the parent, then in that case, I will. I'm going to. And you can use me as the excuse. Yes. Tell them to be mad at me. That's good. Um, there are times people came to me too. Hey, mm-hmm. did you know mm-hmm. that this was going on? And no, I didn't. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, we're supposed to be helping each other out, remember? Yeah. Giving each other grace. Refer to the episode about motherhood. Right. <laughs> don't like 10 things mom need moms need to hear. It doesn't do anybody any good to talk behind each other's backs no. and say, "Oh my gosh, did you know what that girl did over there? Did That's you know the, safe, the kind of party that they all thing. had?" Well, may, I'm sure they didn't either. Why don't you go and talk to them about it and say, "Oh my gosh, if it was me, I would want someone to tell me." So please um let me tell you what I heard happened you can investigate, be my guest. And you're not responsible for how they receive it. They may receive it well, they may not. Yeah. But your conscience is clear. Both happened. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to be the one getting the phone call that some child had died on the highway and I could have said something about it. Yeah. So. I know. I know. Absolutely not. Stakes are really high here. Ooh. So limit social media with healthy boundaries. Again, I think this is a conversation, not a random rule. Um, you know, I did this, I've talked about this on another episode with a whole high school class and we talked about, okay, set some, some boundaries on your phone. How long are you going to allow yourself on social media? Um, and some of them had a real hard time with that. Mm-hmm. They, they, I sometimes have a hard time with that mm-hmm. and I've got to pull back the boundaries on social media. Yeah. It's just every free moment I find myself opening yeah. the app and, um, help them to think critically through what they're looking at. Uh, sometimes it's just a mindless scroll and, you know, maybe you need to ruthlessly curate that feed. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of images are you seeing every single day? How does that make you feel about yourself? How does it make you feel about others? Great questions. Um, what other things could you feed on that don't make you feel so bad or that make you feel more gracious toward other people and yes. change it? You're not responsible. You don't have to apologize for who you follow or unfollow. You know, give yourself what you need and what, what God wants you to have. I love, there's a lot of churches in town who start the year off with, um, group fasting. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a lot of college students in my life. And, um, my daughter did this as well. They fasted from social media, 40 days fasted from social media. That's a long time. And that's a long time. So all the funny, um, Bernie memes that happened after the inauguration, (laughs) I asked Emma about it. She had no idea. She hadn't been, oh. <laughs> she hadn't been on social media. And, um, and so I just, so I was so pleased to see these kids who are like really high targets for that. Yeah. Those apps say, you know what? No, we're going to set that aside for 40 days. And it just kind of releases the stranglehold. It's like when you stop eating sugar, it releases the stranglehold of that constant drive yes. for more sugar, more sugar, more sugar. So yeah, helping your child navigate that. Um, it's just been, I don't have the stats on this, but I know um, the anxiety and the depression, the mental health issues, especially from this last year with COVID and everyone being stuck at home. Yeah. Skyrocketed since the advent of social media. Right. Everybody's anxious. Right. We had, you mentioned that um, 18,000 project that my daughter did right around that time at the end of that. Um, actually, I think it was a little bit before that she went to the name a house in Africa with some missionary friends of ours, um, for a summer. And we just kind of picked her up out of this culture and this society and 
plunked her down over there. Um, I think it was about a month or six weeks, something like that. Um, and they didn't really have cell phone service. They sure didn't have a whole lot of streaming to be on social media and all that. And she just became a completely different person while she was mm-hmm. there. And she said that I just like who I am over there. It was like I could breathe wow. because of I didn't have that constant. No, you weren't having constant text threads with everyone and all the drama and you weren't having the so turn it off mm-hmm. it's okay to turn it off yeah I, I know I mean I do it I notice it too like when we're on a vacation and I you know we don't have cell service yeah and it's I haven't looked at my phone all day wow it I can feel physically different right you have conversations with other people yeah. <laughs> physically, yeah. physically in front of you yeah it's crazy <laughs> so we'll end this episode with just a quick list of like practical stuff teens should work on um they they need to have their own bank statement on their own bank account mm-hmm. how to read a statement almost all of that's online now so you gotta if you don't know how to do that you can't just say i don't know how to do that right you, you gotta figure it out and help them right and this is like middle school even if they don't have a job mm-hmm. um, they need Absolutely. to know how to navigate this because you're heading towards college so give them that um gift and that skill um, this sounds really dumb, I know, to people our age, but it's a thing, people. Teach them how to mail something. Teach them where you go to get a stamp, how to address an envelope, and how to mail a package. For real, Bonnie. Like, I was standing in line at the post office. The postal clerk was telling a young adult where to write the address to the sender right. on the envelope. We used to learn that the in stamp. school. But I Third guess, grade! Guess they don't anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But I hear this a lot, is their kids don't know how to do that, so teach them how to mail something how to fill out school forms medical forms you know by the time my kids were about 14 15 if they had a doctor's appointment they had I made them call yeah if we had to reschedule it I made them call which they hated but I wanted them to start taking responsibility right. make your for own that. haircut appointment make your own dentist yes. appointment yes figure out what that looks like yes um teach them how to walk away from things uh gracefully so that might be a job you don't just walk out of a job. You have to give notice. Um, it might be a friendship that you have to end. It might be a relationship. How do you break up with someone well <laughs> that makes the other person feel okay? It's not just a text. Those are hard. Yeah. Hard things to, <laughs> yeah. even adults sometimes, often don't know how to do those things. So walk them through that. I have seen some amazing, amazing teenagers um, navigate that well. They've come, you know, come to me for advice. I, you know, I really need to sit down with this friend and I'm just amazed. I'm like, there's people my age yeah. who wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. They just disappear, uh-huh. drop off the map. So how to tip and how to tip generously, mm-hmm. which my son's a server and he says, actually young people are pretty generous tippers. So Good. maybe that's becoming more of a thing. They've started to put that on the receipts now I see. Yeah. So you don't have to actually don't do have the to math. figure percentages, which is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> they should know how to figure percentages. <laughs> Um, teach them how to use transportation. So how do you navigate through a city? What happens if your GPS fails? Good grief. This -hmm. happens all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids used to say, oh, I can go anywhere I want to. Like, what what if you're not within cell service? Then how are you going to find your way? Um, So they need to know how to use a map, how to go on the subway, things like that if you travel, um, how to use the Uber or Lyft app, things like that. I know we've told them our whole life, never, 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 never get in a car with a stranger. <laughs> okay, but call Uber. Yeah, yeah I know that Uber sounds everywhere. weird. <laughs> oh, me. And then um, how to clean. So, and certainly before they leave your house, but I mean, I'm a proponent of sooner rather than later on this. How to clean a bathroom, how to wash the dishes, how to do their own laundry. There's this thing called color catchers, which covers a multitude of sins. If your kids put 
you know, the reds in with the whites on accident, you throw this color catcher sheet in your wash, it absorbs all the dye and nothing's ruined. So yeah, what? my kids, yeah, we, we were doing like, you know, we were home. You got to remember, so it's different than for other people, but like at eight or nine, they were doing their own laundry and we just throw that color catcher in. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying you don't have to wait till middle school for those kind of things, but they should, if you haven't and you have a teen, okay, now's the time. Yeah. Do it. Your, their roommates will thank you. Their future spouses will say, yeah. I mean, you. I, and some of you moms love to do this kind of stuff for your kids. I mean, I have a friend who, you know, her kids were involved, very involved in sports. They were very busy. Yeah. Morning and night. They were very busy and she loved doing their laundry for them. And I just thought, you know. I know it's an act of love and maybe on occasion, you know, you can do it, but they really need to know this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a skill. Everyone, every adult needs to know that. Um, How to cook a decent meal and food safety that goes along with that. Um, How to thaw something out, what not to leave on the counter, uh, those kind of things. And it doesn't have to be anything gourmet, but they need to be able to feed themselves something other than junk food. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of this and I love to help people learn how to do that. Um, what to do if they're in a car accident or another emergency, if they get pulled over, um, again, if you're creating a relationship of communication and trust, you know, they can navigate that. They'll tell you, you know, we had our child tell us when they got pulled over speeding. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. It's like a really expensive ticket. It's yeah. like $150. They're fine. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, it was a speed trap. And so we said, you know, you've not driven that stretch of road before and the speed limit drops drastically 55 to 35 it was late at night and so we'll pay half of the ticket and then but next time we won't Mm -hmm. next time you'll owe the whole thing so yeah how to deal with those things how to um you know call the police when you've had a fender bender yeah all that's important insurance Mm -hmm. cards keeping Mm -hmm. them in your car where do you find all the registration? registration yeah um how to handle stress or being overwhelmed which seems to be epidemic um, for this age group in today's world, um, you need to walk them through how to get that out of your system, go exercise, you know, go dance, do something to get it out of your body, how to breathe, all the things, who to talk to. What lies are you thinking about yourself that are causing you anxiety and depression? Replace that with the truth. Right. Ask for help. Definitely. And there's great counseling resources out there. Um, we highly recommend you know taking advantage of those mm-hmm. as needed. Um, also, how to write a resume, how to dress for an interview, and how to be interviewed. Eye contact, professionalism, you handshake, know, handshake, closed-toed shoes, not flip-flops. Mm-hmm. You know, right? <laughs> it's, it's very surprising. It is shocking. We owned a business for many, many years, and. <laughs> I, can't I know you even got stories. Tell you the kinds <laughs> of dress and um, wow, language, attitude, apparel, all the things that you saw in an interview that they thought was just perfectly fine, and it would just rule them right out from the very beginning. Exactly. I mean, you get one chance for a first impression, so that's not that hard. That's not such a hard skill to learn. You just you just don't know what you don't know. That's right. That's right. So also um, in that line of thought, how to write a professional email. Some of my um, kids experiences applying for jobs it was online mm-hmm. so and, and follow up with an email and they would write it and then they'd run it by me hey does this sound right and I would even just the spacing of it I, I was like you know you need to have good margins and good spacing so right. it's not all crammed in there it's not a text no abbreviations I, exactly because all they know <laughs> is texting and the you know using the word you for the word y-o-u things like that <laughs> um they're gonna have to talk to their professors in a few years if they go to college and that's not okay with them either so no no it's it, it does it's just another kind of impression people exactly. have of you by yeah. how you write and then how to vote yep 
registering to vote, Mm -hmm. um, signing up for the draft if you have a boy. Yep. At least now it's still just for boys. I bet it'll be for both soon. Yeah, that wasn't a fun thing to do, but we had to do it. Um, What to do with a friend who has drunk too much? Um, What's the friend code? Like, don't go to a party and leave your friend. You always stay together, especially if you're girls. Um, What do you do if someone's drunk too much? Don't be afraid to call for help or the police. Mm -hmm. So many times that's when the accidents happen is that we we didn't know what to do, so we just left him there. Um, All of those things I know you don't want to think about, but they can and will happen. They will. Yeah, just saying they know better. Don't ever do that. No, it's not enough. Yeah. It's like emergency preparedness. Yeah. Send a thank you note. That is so um, unusual for a teenage kid to do that for a follow-up for an interview. So yeah. maybe you didn't make the greatest impression on the interview, but you send a thank you note and nobody else did. Um, that might get you a second look. Yes. And so, you know, walk them through. Um, and even for, you know, every time a gift is received, oh. my kids joke with me about this. Like, yeah. you always made us write a thank you note. Our friends didn't have to do that. I don't care. I thought that I went without care. saying, but apparently it, it no, doesn't. No, it's not doesn't go without saying. And I said, you can't just say thank you for fill in the blank. You have to say why you like it and how you're using it. Yeah, a few sentences. You know, a few sentences, not two liners. Um, <laughs> and because of the preciousness of others, you want to honor the gift giver. Yep. And then last one, how to ha- do a handshake, how to greet people and how to make conversation. This is, have a have a pocket full of questions, mm. conversation starters to be interested in someone else. The easiest thing for people to do, even who are reticent to talk, is to talk about themselves. Yeah. And so many kids, I think, have just been allowed to have their face in their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the default in uncomfortable situations. So they don't have to make the conversation. But um, when company comes over, when you're in church, whatever, the phone is not there. It's in your pocket and you're looking people in the eye and you're talking to them. Oh, yeah. No phones at the table. Mm-hmm. No phones with company. Yeah, Absolutely. And honestly, sometimes like grandparents are the worst. Yeah. Because they got the technology last <laughs> and they don't know the etiquette either. So, you know, just reach out to your grandparent yeah, and like, just say, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Granny, talk to me. Here's the etiquette on this. Let's yeah. don't do that. So I got to say, like the teenage years really were some very sweet years. There was there were some really wonderful moments. I really loved the teen years in general. I think that um, you want to be realistic about them, but this American kind of theme that it's terrible Mm -hmm. it's wretched it's just to be survived those are lies it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way you can you can actually look forward to them and knowing that they're not going to be free of struggles just like any other season of life with your child but I loved it I loved seeing them become little adults they're kind of growing into themselves they're so smart and so talented and so gifted and I mean there's there's bumps in the road puberty and all that stuff sure you're you're in menopause at the same time they're pmsing and it's no like problem the there storm oh my goodness but um that's why some people eat their young I think, <laughs> mammals. but uh yeah overcoming that all in all having their friends over and having a house full of all that is just awesome it's sweet years so thank you for that great question and um you can find summaries of our podcasts on our website justaskyourmom.com and we're on facebook at just ask your mom on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. Yeah. So if you're listening, please rate and leave a review or comments. And if you have questions or topics, you can always email us at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast at gmail.com. So thank you to our production manager, Cheyenne Avila, our tech and social media administrator, Savannah Cunningham, and our graphic designer, Emma Goodwin, 
and we'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.